Hello, everyone. Got a new set of software that I'm using tonight, so be patient with me. But this is what I want to work on is be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, and do it all in love. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Becoming Christians. Tonight, we're going to talk about a topic that is debated, to say the least. Much, much discussion is going on about masculinity, uh, but we're going to look at masculinity from a biblical perspective. What does that mean? Uh, masculinity, in short, with a short definition, Close to what the dictionary would say is masculinity is the characteristics or attributes of a man or a boy. Um, we may make the argument tonight that masculinity is the characteristics of a man and not a boy. But we're going to look at that from a biblical perspective. So let's take a look at um, the verse I quoted right away because I think that's going to say that's going to tell us a lot about biblical masculinity. Just that one verse, we're going to see some breakdowns of what it means to be biblically masculine. Um, 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. There's a lot here that comes into terms with biblical masculinity. One of the things I want to talk about is the male role right now, according to various statistics and various books that are out there, is declining. And a lot of this decline has to do with several factors according to which study you, you read. Um, from a Christian standpoint, we're going to look at this and say, we're probably seeing the decline because we're getting away from biblical values, right? Um, absentee fatherhood in the home leads to higher chance of incarceration of people, right? That's that's something that is statistically proven. So the nuclear family is important, and part of that nuclear family is the father in the home. The father, and how does that father behave in the home? How does that father treat his wife? How does that father treat his children? How does that father provide or not provide? How does that father act on an everyday basis? This is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how that looks biblically. So what does it mean to be a man biblically? So let's go back to that verse I was just talking about. So be watchful. So we see be watchful right here, um, Matthew 24, 42, therefore stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. 
So be watchful. Stay awake. Be alert. Be there. Be present. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Galatians 5.1, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Um, Philippians 1.27, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or I am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. See, we see here um, a collection. We're going to stand firm in the faith together, right? Um, Philippians 4.1, Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, beloved. 1 Thessalonians, Now we live, for now we live, if you are standing fast in the Lord. Second Thessalonians, so then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions that were taught by us, either by our spoken word or by letter. Second Thessalonians 2.15, so then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by our spoken word or by our letter. And then 1 Corinthians 15, now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and which you stand. So stand firm in the faith. He's, he's being... Pretty clear here when we look at the other passages, um, and most of those are by Paul, right? So we're looking at that and we're saying, okay, stand firm in the faith, be with the community, but what are we standing firm in? In the faith of Jesus Christ and what Jesus Christ has done. So now let's get to the next part of this verse, act like men. This is going to be a big part of what we talk about tonight. Act like men and be strong are going to be two of the things that we're going to unpack a little bit along with let all that you do be done in love. So act like men. So all of these passages right here, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, and Isaiah 46.8, these are all indications of men going to battle. So we're seeing a progression here. So be watchful. Watch out for what's coming. Be alert. Be know what we're having. Stand firm in the faith. Stand firm in Jesus Christ. We know that Jesus Christ, we have to stand firm in that. The next thing, act like men. That's ready to go to battle for your faith. Be ready for battle for your faith. So be strong is the next part, right? Be strong, Ephesians 3.16, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Ephesians 6.10, the whole armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Colossians 1.11, be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. So we're looking at battle. We're looking at... So, hey, we're going to go to battle, but what are we going to battle with? How are we going to defend it? We're going to defend it with the word, just like we're seeing right here. Be strong according to the riches of the glory that he may grant you. Um, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. This is the whole armor of God. I don't know that I necessarily need to go into details there. Um, but if you're not familiar with the whole armor of God, please go to Ephesians 6. Learn about the whole armor of God. 
We're talking about the belt of truth, the sword of the word. Um, these are all things that we're saying, hey, armor up with Christ. Armor up with Christ. And then the following thing, let all that you do be done in love. Prophecy and tongues. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. So this is what he's referring to here. So he's saying, love earnestly. So we see this pattern in this verse right here. We want to be watchful. We want to be awake. We want to be aware. We want to stand firm in the faith. We want to stand firm in Jesus Christ. We know that he's there. We want to stand firm in that. We want to act like men. We want to be ready for battle. So we're going to be prepared for battle. We're going to go into battle with the flesh, with the world, with those kind of things. Be strong. We're going to do that. How are we going to be strong? How are we going to get strength for this battle that we're going into? We're going to be strong in the Lord, in Christ, in Scripture, in those things. And we're going to do all this with love, which is almost seems counteractive to what the world would teach today is you're going to be a soldier. You're going to do these things. You're going to go to battle. It's going to be not necessarily in love. It's going to be a, a, a harsh thing, which I think that's what Paul is preparing us for, is this is going to be a harsh battle. And be strong. Stand firm in that faith. Um, we can see here in 2 Timothy, when Paul's writing to Timothy here, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. That sounds opposite to what we think of with a soldier today, which is go to battle and win. Paul's saying, share in suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hardworking farmer. We ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they may also obtain salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy for, if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithless, for he cannot deny himself. So we... We're seeing another picture of a soldier here. So what I'm seeing in biblical manhood is be watchful, be aware, stay firm in Christ. That's, that's a big picture that we need to see. So we're being strong. We're being faithful. We're being obedient to Christ. We're being a soldier for him. We're being prepared. We're putting on the full armor of God. These are all commands of biblical manhood. Sounds very manly, right? According to even the Western world, it sounds manly. We're going to put on our armor. We're ready for battle. So it's not that the world right now has masculinity completely wrong. They just forget the last part of 
the verse, which is, let all that you do be done in love. Or they forget the first part, which is, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. It seems to be that they split this verse into two pieces, and they say, either a man has to forget all of his masculinity and being strong and standing firm and acting like men, or he has to be totally firm, act like men, be strong without any love. These are two extremes that we tend to run to, but that's not the picture that's painted here when we see biblical masculinity. A a great example um, that we see is having, just like a soldier would have someone above them, Paul also speaks of putting out being imitators of me as I'm an imitator of Christ. So I'm going to charge all the men out there to say, hey, look, I need a mentor. I think a mentor is an important part. When we read through the Old Testament, and I'm not going to get into too many details of the Old Testament, but we read through the Old Testament, the elderly speak to the young, the elderly speak to the young, the elderly teach the young. So how do we be strong? How do we put on the full armor of God? It is Scripture. We also depend on the church, and we need to lean on the older men, and even for women in the church, to lead us in this. How do we become a good soldier? We get trained up. How do we become a good soldier? We have to train. We have to learn from the people with experience there. So Paul's telling us here, I'm going to sacrifice myself, but I need to be an imitator of Christ. And that's who we're ultimately trying to imitate. But who's been imitating Christ before us? People that have been doing it longer. So we need to lean on them and understand and learn from them. One of the things we see is the 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 separation, right? We're seeing like, well, men need to be more feminine. Well, I would argue that Paul says, no, men don't need to be more feminine. They do need to be loving, but there's a sense of not feminine. He goes on to talk about head coverings right after being imitator. Now, there's a lot of debate over this and what this means, but I want to focus on one in particular part. Um, I want to focus on 1 Corinthians 10, no, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 11, 9. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. That is why a wife ought to be a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. Nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not independent of man, nor man of woman. For as a woman was made from man, so so man is now born of woman, and all things are from God. So he's saying there's roles, but there's equal importance in these roles. These are, these are roles. We have a masculine role, and they have an effeminate role. We've been designed with purpose. All things come from God. We're equal on that front, but we're not equal in all that we do. We have different roles. So we're equal in the idea of importance. We're equal in importance but we're different in roles. So he tells us here, judge for yourself, is it proper for a wife to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not nature itself teach you that if a man wears long hair, it is a disgrace for him, but if a woman has long hair, it is her glory, for her hair is given to her for a covering. If anyone is inclined to be contentious, we have no such practice, nor do the churches of God. So he's saying, Men, 
be men, women, be women. This is an important aspect we need to to not forget because we have been given certain roles. We can even look into testosterone, estrogen, why are these things this way? But I'm, I'm not going to go down the science road today. We're going to talk, we're going to stay within the Bible today. And I really want to focus on biblical manhood, not necessarily roles in the church or even necessarily what the woman's role is here. I want to talk about what the man's role is here. So let's talk about wives and husbands, but let's focus on husbands here because we're talking about biblical manhood. So husbands should love their wives. So we're in Ephesians 5, 28. We've just talked about wives submitting. We're, most people are aware of this. It's used out of context a lot, um, unfortunately, and it's twisted a bit. But let's talk about what the husband is supposed to do, because I think this is going to match where we were back, um, where we first started in 1 Corinthians. So in the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother, hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband." So focusing just on the husband here, we see it's really interesting. I, I, I made this point in, a, in another video that I'd, I'd love for you guys to go watch, which is I failed as a father. But right below here, we go to Ephesians 6, and it talks about children obeying your parents. But right after that, in 4, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in discipline and instruction of the Lord. So there is actually two places where men are commanded here. So we are told that we are to love our wife as Christ loved the church. We are also told to not provoke our children to anger. This should show some importance of the father or biblical manhood in the household. This is not just for wives. This is not just for children. This is the man in the household. So what we see for biblical manhood is we need to stay alert. We also need to stay um strong. We need to stay strong in the faith. We need to be strong. We need to act like men. We need to do all these things with love. So I want to put in a little bit more emphasis on this love aspect, because we've talked about being a soldier, which is great, but let's talk about the love aspect of it. And what we see is Jesus is a great example of that, right? We, we also see that Jesus is a great example of how to be a man and how to love. He was sacrificial men are to be sacrificial. We are to be as Christ was to his wife. We're to be that across the board. Soldiers are sacrificial. What is the greatest love that someone could do? Lay down his life. We are to lay down our lives. I know this isn't what people want to hear, but our role as men is to be servants. I heard someone say this, and I wish I knew who it was I'd give him credit for, but I really like this. He calls himself a savage servant. Now, this is, I don't know that he's Christian. I don't know anything. I just heard this term, and I really like this savage servant because it really in, kind of encapsulate what we're talking about. We're talking about 
men being like soldiers and savage in their duties, but loving, and the way we love is to sacrifice. So how do we sacrifice? We have to stand strong to the point of death of ourselves. So we have to sacrificially give. Others come before us. Jesus came down out of glory to walk on this earth humbly and serve us, to give himself for our sins that we deserve. And then he was lifted up, and Jesus says all the time, those who are last will be first. Those who are last will be first. He's calling us to be last. We're supposed to be last in all that we do. We're here to serve, but we're also stand firm, be strong, act like men. There are times to battle. We battle for Christ. We battle for our family, and we have to battle for the nuclear family now within the Western world. But there's a point I was reading. I was doing some studying on this, and there was an interesting aspect that I think matches this in Genesis that I didn't catch before. Maybe some of you other guys have caught this before, but this is really really spoke to me in biblical masculinity. The fall. It's funny, you wouldn't think the fall, because when we think of the fall, we think of how Adam blamed Eve, and then Eve blamed the servant. So Adam just didn't take any responsibility. He let the snake in, right? He, there is a bunch of things where we can blame Adam. Um, as a matter of fact, there was some research done um, and asking between men and women and who was at fault for the first sin. Most men will say men and most women will say women within the Christian church. Um, but regardless of that, there's something really important. After the fall happens and the man said, it's whom you gave me, which really he's kind of blaming God too. So he's not just blaming He is really not taking responsibility. He's saying, God and this woman, you guys did it, not me. But here's here's what's interesting. So he blames the woman. The woman blames the serpent. God goes through, and he points out, and he gives them the curse that's going to happen. Now this is all going to happen. But here's what's interesting in Genesis 3.20. The man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. After he was just cursed, he has not named Eve yet. He had not named Eve. They sinned, they fell, and after he was cursed, he named her Eve, the mother of all things. Now, let's be realistic. As people, when people do us wrong or somebody does something wrong, and we've already committed one sin. We're, we're, we're bad to go con- continue to commit sin. But how many of us would truly go look at maybe our spouse or our girlfriend or a friend or anyone that has potentially done us wrong and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to name you the mother of life. No, we're probably going to be something like thorns since I'm going to have thorns or it's going to be something like um, uh, sweat because now I've got to sweat and work is going to be hard. So, but no, 
Adam shows biblical manhood here with saying, I'm going to name her life. That is how men should show loving kindness. Um, There was an author that wrote something that really struck me about this particular thing, and I will put his name down in the description because I, I really would love for you guys to look at this. And there's three lessons to learn from Genesis. And uh, the first lesson is to, the first lesson would be to listen to God. Listen to God. In that sense, He's listening. You will listen to what God has to promise. And then the next is to trust God. So in those curses, remember, as he's breaking it down, God is telling Adam, I'm going to curse you, but I'm also going to bless the seed of this woman And that seed is going to crush the head of the snake. He listened to God in his promises. He trusted God and his promises. And the last thing that we can learn from Adam here is to speak first. As the man, we should speak graciously first, just like Adam did here. If there is a fight or a struggle somewhere in our lives, not even with your spouse, with your children, with your spouse, with your whoever, biblical manhood will humble yourself and you will walk to that person. You will speak grace first. That was such a powerful thing for me to learn and hear um, that I really, really appreciated um, about this. Now, we've been talking about Jesus. We've been talking about Adam. I wanted to finish this out with pointing out something about Jesus that the Western world has a tendency to do is to make Jesus into all loving, but not all powerful and not all just. If we're to mimic Jesus, we have to think about not just the times that he was so gracious which we have to keep that in mind because like the first Corinthians we just read, it's very important that we do all of these things in love. But there is a time and place even Jesus had zeal for his house and flipped the tables. He called woes to the Pharisees. But more importantly, we forget another aspect. Jesus is the one we have to follow as the great king. He is our king. He is coming back. He's not a weak person in the aspect of we get this idea of if someone's loving, they're weak. But Jesus is not weak. All we have to do is look at Revelation. And remember how it said to beware? Beware? Behold, I am coming like a thief in the night. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on, that he may not go about naked and be seen exposed. What does that mean for us in biblical manhood? You know what that means for us? 
that means for us, going right back to 1 Corinthians 16, 13, and saying, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, but let all that you do be done in love. Again, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. Be watchful, be awake, stay awake, guys, stay awake. Stand firm in the faith. Jesus Christ has done the work. Stand firm in that. Listen to him. Trust him. Believe him. Act like men. Speak first in grace. Act like men and speak first in grace. Be strong. Be strong. Put on the full armor of God and be strong. And let all that you do be done in love. Even rebukes can be done in love. But we got to be strong. We've got to act like men. We've got to stand firm in our faith, and we've got to stay awake. Guys, it's been beautiful. Thank you for watching. I hope this was edifying to you. I hope this was good for you guys. Please, please, please check out my other videos, and we will see you on the next live stream or out there somewhere. Um, appreciate all you guys. Have a blessed night.